Welcome to Zichud Avsi Man. Remember, my Avram Goldar and today Maseches Gidden Dafyad Beis. The first pair come maybe get the Zichud Maseches Gidden program has been generously sponsored by Zeicher Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three topics are going to focus on number one in the Mishnah on Dafyad Beis on a base. The Chumim argued that freedom is only a benefit for a slave and it's not considered a loss of support because the master is not required to feed him. The Gemara says, we learn from this, that a master can tell a slave, work for me, but I will not feed you, rather, I'll have to ask residents for food. This proof is deflected because the mission can be speaking, where the master said, let your earnings be your food, and only then is he exempt from feeding him. The Gemara wonders why the same would not apply to one's wife, whose divorce is considered detrimental due to law support, and answers that the Mishnah's case is Safka. She does not produce enough for her needs, and the husband must pay the difference. A slave, however, who consumes more than he produces, does not require the master to pay for the difference. Point number two, after proving that Rav holds, one cannot require a slave to work without feeding him. The Gemara proves that Rabbi Yochanan holds that he can. Rabbi Yochanan said, yad one who cuts off the hand of his friend's slave, gives compensation for his lost work during his recovery and healing expenses to his master. These are two of the payments made whenever one injures another person. And that slave is fed from staka. Even though the master is being compensated for the slave's lost work, he's not required to feed him. This proves that Rabbi Yochanan holds one can require a slave to work without feeding him. The one wonders why the medical expenses are paid to the master since they're needed to heal the slave. It answers the cases where the slave was estimated to require five days of treatment and was given powerful medication that healed him in three days at a lower cost, but with greater suffering. Rabbi Yochanan taught that even compensation for such suffering is awarded to the master, not the slave. And point number three, in the Mishnah, Rabbi Meir said that freedom includes a disadvantage for the slave because a Kohen slave can eat truma until he is freed. In a Bryce, when the Chomim answered that the master does not have to feed him at all, Rabbi responded, But what would be if a Kohen slave ran away? Or Kohen's wife rebelled and fled? Are they not able to eat truma? They are. But this slave cannot eat truma if he's freed through someone's acquiring the get shikh reform, so it's detrimental to him. The Gemara explains, although the master need not feed him, the slave is permitted to eat any truma he receives, which is easier to obtain. Although the master could theoretically throw a get shikhar to the slave, forcing his freedom and loss of truma, but he can flee and avoid the get and continue to eat truma, so his freedom does cause a loss. The next off explains the disadvantage of freedom for a Yisrael slave, according to Rabbi Meir. So once again, the three points are number one in the Mishnah Daf Yud Beis Amad Beis. The Chamim argued that freedom is only a benefit for a slave, and it's not considered a loss of support because the master is not required to feed him. The Gemara says, we learn from this, that a master can tell a slave, work for me, but I will not feed you, rather, I'll have to ask residents for food. This proof is deflected because the mission can be speaking, where the master said, let your earnings be your food, and only then is he exempt from feeding him. The Gemara wonders why the same would not apply to one's wife, whose divorce is considered detrimental due to law support, and answers that the Mishnah's case is Badoasafka. She does not produce enough for her needs, and the husband must pay the difference. A slave, however, who consumes more than he produces, does not require the master to pay for the difference. Point number two, after proving that Rav holds, one cannot require a slave to work without feeding him. The Gemara proves that Rabbi Yochanan holds that he can. Yochanan said, one who cuts off the hand of his friend's slave, gives compensation for his lost work during his recovery and healing expenses to his master. These are two of the payments made whenever one injures another person. And that slave is fed from staka. Even though the master is being compensated for the slave's lost work, he's not required to feed him. This proves that Yochanan holds one can require a slave to work without feeding him. 
Then one wonders why the medical expenses are paid to the master since they're needed to heal the slave. It answers the cases where the slave was estimated to require five days of treatment and was given powerful medication that healed him in three days at a lower cost, but with greater suffering. Rabbi Yochanan taught that even compensation for such suffering is awarded to the master, not the slave. And point number three, in the Mishnah, Rabbi Meir said that freedom includes a disadvantage for the slave because a Kohen slave can eat truma until he is freed. In a Bryce, when the Chomim answered that the master does not have to feed him at all, Rabbi Meir responded, But what would be if a Kohen slave ran away? Or Kohen's wife rebelled and fled? Are they not able to eat truma? They are. But this slave cannot eat truma if he's freed through someone's acquiring the get shikhor for him, so it's detrimental to him. The Gemara explains, although the master need not feed him, the slave is permitted to eat any truma he receives, which is easier to obtain. Although the master could theoretically throw a get shikhor to the slave, forcing his freedom and loss of truma, but he can flee and avoid the get and continue to eat truma, so his freedom does cause a loss. The next off explains the disadvantage of freedom for a Yisrael slave, according to Rabbi Meir. All right, so now we get our simon daf yud base, and our standard simon is 12 brothers, 12 brothers. So here goes. The 12 slave brothers wearing green work clothes, who were offended when their master told them to let their earnings be their food, and then were outraged when he said he was keeping the medical expenses that someone paid for cutting off one of the brothers' hands, decided to run away before their co master freed them and caused them a loss of truma. The twelve slave brothers, twelve brothers, that must be run off. Yud bays. The twelve slave brothers wearing green work clothes, who were offended when their master told them to let their earnings be their food, which reminds us the more discusses whether one can force a slave to work without feeding him and say, let your earnings be your food. So the twelve slave brothers wearing green work clothes were offended when their master told them to let their earnings be their food, and then were outraged when he said he was keeping the medical expenses that someone paid for cutting off one of the brothers' hands, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan said, A kote yad avdo shel one who cuts off the hand of his friend's slaves, noisin shiptil rufua solo rabo, gives compensation for his lost work during his recovery and healing expenses to the master, but also evid nizom minutstaka, and that slave is fed from charity. Even though the master is being compensated for the slave's lost work, he's not required to feed him. This proves that Rabbi Yochanan holds one can require a slave to work without feeding him. The case was where the slave was estimated to require five days of treatment and was given powerful medication that healed him in three days at a lower cost, but with greater suffering. Rabbi Yochanan taught that even compensation for such suffering is awarded to the master, not the slave. So the twelve slave brothers wearing green work clothes who were offended when their master told them to let their earnings be their food, and then were outraged when he said he was keeping the medical expenses that someone paid for cutting off one of the brothers' hands, decided to run away before their co master freed them and caused them. A loss of truma, which reminds us, Gamor brings Rabbi argument that freeing a slave causes him a loss of truma. So once again, the twelve slave brothers wearing green work clothes were offended when their master told them to let their earnings be their food, and then were outraged when he said he was keeping the medical expenses that someone paid for cutting off one of the brothers' hands, decided to run away before the cold master freed them and caused him a loss of truma. All right, so now it's time for four Chazar. Dav Ches. So the summer Dav Ches is Chala. So here goes. The baker on the boat in the Mediterranean Sea baking green chalas, chalas baker, that must be more on daf ches. The baker on the boat in the Mediterranean Sea baking green chalas, as Gittin were being written, which reminds us, Rav Nachum Bar Yitzhak offered another explanation for the opposing prices about a get brought in a boat. The argument doesn't concern the rivers of Eretz Yisrael, which would not require Bifani Nechtav, but the Yamagadol, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Malchokas is brought regarding which islands in the Mediterranean Sea are considered part of Eretz Yisrael. 
So the baker on the boat in the Mediterranean Sea baking green chavos, as Gittin were being written, got a call from a friend who ordered chavos to celebrate his purchase of a field in Syria, where the star was written by a goy on Shabbos, which reminds us, Abraisa teaches that Syria, areas of Syria conquered by Davinimelch, has some halachos of Eretz Yisrael, including one who acquires a field in Syria is like one who acquires in the provinces of Yushalayim. Rav Sheshaz explains the practical application that the document of sale may be written by a goy even on Shabbos if the seller, a Gentile, is departing on Shabbos. Even though Amir La'akum telling an idolater to do malacha on Shabbos is normally a shvus, a rabbinic prohibition, Mishum Yishuv Eretz Yisrael will gazu rabban. Because in the midst of settling Eretz Yisrael, the rabbis did not apply the decree to this case. So the baker on the boat in the Mediterranean Sea baking green chalos, as Gittin were being written, got a call from a friend who ordered chalos to celebrate his purchase of a field in Syria, where the star was written by a goy on Shabbos, and to cheer up his avid, who didn't acquire his master's possessions when he acquired himself. Which reminds us, Abraisa teaches that an avid who brings his get shichrer, his emancipation document which states, Yourself and my possessions are hereby acquired to you, and he says, as required, he acquires himself and goes free, but does not acquire the possessions. His testimony is not accepted regarding the monetary aspect of the document, which requires two witnesses. The Gemara asks about a document which states, All my possessions are acquired to you, which includes himself as one of the master's possessions. Davtes, so the similar Davtes, is a teapot. So here goes. When the Evid dropped a green teapot, teapot, that must mean we're in Davtes, teapot. When the Ebed dropped the green teapot when he discovered he wasn't freed since love cruz Gitahu, the separation between the slave and master wasn't clear in the document, which reminds us, Rebmer says, One who writes over all his possessions to his Ebed, he goes free because he's included in the master's possession. If the master retained land of any size for himself, he doesn't go free. Ravashi explains Rebmer to say, Because the separation between the slave and master is not clear in the document. Ramir holds that even if the master did identify the retained property, the slave doesn't go free because this retention suggests the possibility that he means to retain the slave as well. This remote possibility disqualifies the get as lacking its requisite clarity. So when the Eva dropped the green teapot when he discovered he wasn't freed since love cruz Gitahu, the separation between the slave and master wasn't clear in the document. Green tea splashed all over blank paper edged for Adim, who didn't know how to sign a woman's get, which reminds us it was taught in Bryce that Adim who do not know how to sign. We etched a blank paper for them with their names, and the aiding filled the etches with ink. From Shimon Gamliel says this is only valid for getting of women, but not for any other documents, including a get shikhor. A special leniency was granted to protect women from becoming agunos if they're pressed for time and cannot obtain better witnesses. So when the Ebed dropped the green teapot when he discovered he wasn't freed since love cruz Gitohu, the separation between the slave and master wasn't clear in the document. Green tea splashed all over blank paper edged for aiding who didn't know how to sign a woman's get. Just as someone rushed into the room to sadly inform the woman that her husband died and that her get would be no good, nor would other documents. Which reminds us the Brysa does not include as one of the similarities between a get Isha and get Shichur that they cannot be given after Misa, after death, because this rule applies to other documents and is not exclusive to them. Daf Yudolf said the similar Daf Yudolf is stars based on the 11 stars in Yosef's dream. So here goes. The stargazer Kyle McDonald III, who liked to sign his distinct Goyish name on Staros, surrounded by 11 green stars, 11 stars? That must be on Duff Yudolf, stars. 
the stargazer Kyle McDonald III, who liked to sign his distinct Goyish name on Staros, surrounded by 11 green stars, which reminds us, the Gemara in the previous stuff explained that Rabbi Shimon considers a get signed by idolaters valid, because he was like Rabbi Lezer that Eddie Mesirakarti. The witnesses to delivery enabled the get to sever the marital bond, even without signatures. The Gemara said a document which is Mazui Matoko, internally faulty, is invalid, even though no signatures were necessary. This is because of a concern that people may come to use the signed witnesses for the delivery as well, for which they are not qualified. The Gemara answers Bishamus Muhakin. The Mishnah refers to signatures of distinct names, meaning obviously Gentile names. People know they are not valid witnesses and will not rely on them. So the stargazer Kyle McDonald III, who liked to sign his distinct Goyish name on Staros, surrounded by 11 green stars, looked through his telescope and saw a master unsuccessfully attempt to retract to get Shechor after giving it to his shaliach, which reminds us, the next mission states, One who says to his shaliach, Give this get to my wife or give this get Shechor to my slave, If he wants to retract from either of them, he may retract because neither get takes effect until it reaches his receipt. Recipient. The Chamin partially disagree. This is true regarding women's gittin, but not regarding gittin shikhur. They explain the distinction of because one may benefit another person even in his absence, meaning without his authorization, but one cannot disadvantage another person except in his presence, meaning with authorization. So the stargazer Kyle McDonald III, who liked to sign his distinct Goyish name on Staros, surrounded by 11 green stars, looked through his telescope and saw a master unsuccessfully attempt to attract to get Shechur after giving it to his shaliach. Next is someone who sees property for a balcho being told to give it back because it's a disadvantage to other. Which reminds us, Rav Huna and Rav Yitzhak Bar Yosef once were sitting before Rav Yirmi, who was dozing. Rav Huna sought to deduce from the Chamim's opinion, Hatopes Lebalchov Kana, one who seizes property for a creditor. The creditor acquires it. When Rav Yirmi awoke, he chided them that Rav Yochan says, a creditor does not acquire property seized on his behalf when it disadvantages others. And explained the Mishnah's reason, anyone who says give is as if he says acquire it for the recipient. Thus, the Shlich was instructed by the master to acquire the get for the slave. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we learn? A Kusi signature on a get is considered reliable when a Yisrael signed under it. That's on Dav. Yud. Good number two, which stuff do we discuss whether one can force a slave to work without feeding him? That's on Dav. Yud base. Good number three. Which of the one the Rebbe Shimon holds that a get signed by idolaters is valid because they are using Shemos Muvhakim, distinct Goyish names. That's on Dov. Yidov. Good number four. Which of the one that etching signatures is only permitted on a get for Adim who do not know how to sign. That's on Dov. Test. Good number five. Which stuff did we learn that one who cuts off his friend's slave's hand pays compensation and medical expenses to the master and the slave is fed from stalka? That's on Dov. Yud Beis. Good number six. Which stuff did we learn it's enough for the shliach to hear the scratching of the sofa to testify the git was written lishma? That's on Dov. Good number seven. Which stuff did we learn Rebbe Meir's argument that freeing a slave causes him a loss of truma? That's on Dov. Yud Beis. Good number eight. Which stuff do we have in the about retracting a get shikhrur after handing it to the shaliach? That's on Dav. Yidav. Good number nine. Which stuff do we have in the about writing a get in a boat in the Mediterranean Sea? That's on Dav. 
Ches. Good. And number 10, which stuff do we discuss? A tofes chov, seizing property for a creditor, and that it doesn't work when it's going to disadvantage other balichov. That's on Duff. Yidov. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Goldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.